Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. All right, well, welcome to the Life, Life is Hard podcast. And before we get started, uh, well, I've got good news, and I'm sorry, I've got bad news, and I've got crazy news, but before we get started... I, um, no, wait, I don't have good news. No, there's no good news. There's uh, no good news. I, I, do, I do want to mention, well, no, it's 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 good news and bad news both, um, because we're about to run out of bandwidth on our website, and it's... What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, we were 72%... Uh, our like, listeners have crashed it? Um, well, this will be a first. We will we will probably exceed the four gigabyte limit we have. So, that's sweet, good, it's good news in a way, right? Um, if the website goes down, I apologize. Hopefully. Well, let me take this opportunity to point out then: if you cannot access us through the website, although you probably won't hear this if you can't access us well, not only that, but you're probably not going to get this podcast in June anyway. So. It's June that we're at risk of, you know. What are you trying to say, Doug? Um, I'm catching up. There's a delay. It's, I'm it's catching a, up. It's, the delay is for their own safety. We have a safety delay built into our podcast. I'm catching up. Well, that's good, and I'm probably. I can't release them too close together. Like I thought about, you know, just piling out on. one a day, you know, for a week or something to catch up, but it doesn't give you time to absorb. Yeah, three or four days is about as close as together as they should be. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever works. I'm just saying there's usually a safety delay. That's all. We just got, you know. So there's a bistro owner. He had kind of a tough tough ride there. He started a bistro, and then the, when the 2008 financial crisis hit, he went out of business. And, and then he found a great spot in, I think it was like somewhere in South California. But anyway, um, he found this new spot, kind of a little little corner, you know, corner store kind of place, small little place. And he reopened and he was really happy about it. And then and then Yelp, I don't, I don't know how familiar you are with Yelp, Yelp. but um, but he started getting this uh, kind of a runaround on Yelp. He would get... He would get you know good reviews, and then they would call him and ask him if he wanted to buy an ad on Yelp, and he would say no, and then his reviews would disappear. His five-star reviews would disappear. Oh, I believe it. We've talked about Yelp on this podcast, actually. I don't know if you remember, but they... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, because they did some shady crap. <laughs> well... But go ahead. Yeah, well, so this went on. I mean, it, I'm not going to bore you know the round details, but he eventually put up signs at his store saying I will pay you not pay you I will give you free pizza for giving me a one star rating on Yelp and which is bad isn't it's it? terrible yes yes but okay, he, so he he wanted to he's he's basically just defying Yelp he's like screw Yelp I mean he's actually he actually kind of at some point it was almost like you know if you're a Yelp person don't even bother coming here because we don't even want you you know you're like right. we're, we're we're just interested in local uh, people were small. I mean, he's a little small place, and he's very—he's one of those artisans, right? He what he does is he doesn't even have wait staff. He makes the food and brings it out to the people, and so it's very small operation. And, but that's not really the point, though. The point is that Yelp is devious with their business practices. Like they know they have you by the. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I know we talked about this because they tried to sell us on this. You know, paying for advertising or whatever. And they said, you know, like, well, so when somebody looks up your competitor, 
your ad shows up on their page. Oh, and yeah, I, know, I remember. I think I remember that discussion. Yeah, and, and so, like, I can pay money for that f- to show up on my competitor's page. I can also pay more money to have my competitors not show up on my page, which also means that my competitors can pay more money to Yelp for mm-hmm. my ad not to show up on their page. It's just this <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy like a- game of putting ads up and taking them down. Well, apparently Based on businesses have people taken piling money on. Yeah, but apparently pe- businesses have taken Yelp to court for this stuff, and Yelp wins because they say, "Well, that's just their business practice. It's just what they do. Like they're selling advertising." Well, it might be model. legal, but it's shady as hell. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, this guy, this guy kind of beat the system because he he gets all these one star reviews, and they're one star reviews that just rave about the place, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Yelp starts getting pissed off because he's he's his rating is way down. But anyway, he basically just stuck his middle finger up to Yelp, and it actually helped his business. That's awesome. Because I'm, like, I'm in this guy's corner now. Yeah, everybody was like, "Yeah, somebody needs to take this stupid Yelp thing on because you know they're." Yeah, so um, it was interesting, and he's he's got more business than he can even handle, and, and he's. <laughs> Apparently giving away a lot of pizzas because he's getting a lot of one-star reviews. Um, awesome. Hey, you remember last week we talked about uh, the, the sort of the hostility of women towards men in general? So, uh, okay. So I got a video. I was out of my... I can't head. remember a week ago. Yeah, what it's kind okay. of crazy accusation is that? I know, I know. But, but I shot a video. <laughs> I, well, I was on my kayak and I had my GoPro and I, I saw a large gator on the shore and uh, so I pointed the GoPro at him, and no sooner did I do that, he, he, he launched himself off the shore and made a big splash into the water. And so I put a tweet uh, on my Twitter uh, with the video that said, this is the reaction I get when I try to talk to women. They thought I was, they thought I was just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you so, were not, in fact, being hilarious. You were being... Dead serious. Accurate. And that's kind of yes. the way I am. You know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm dead serious, and everybody laughs. And I'm like, no, really, I'm serious. And they laugh even harder. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and you know, I mean, I picked up some life skills this week. I learned how to measure acceleration using two different masses. But this isn't the science section, so it's not the nine a.m. one and the eleven a.m. one. <laughs> no, no, not those kinds of masses. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no. I that's, oh. there. You go. And I learned how to make a boomerang out of paper. Hey, do you know what they call a boomerang that doesn't come back to you? What? A stick. <laughs> so, yeah, unless you have a dog, of course. <laughs> well, yeah. Then it's a boomerang. Well, there you go. A very it uh, comes back. <laughs> very low-tech, kind of unreliable boomerang, yeah. So, yes. so Google, here, here's a good one for you. You'll like Speaking this. Speaking of low-tech, let's you'll, move on to Google. You'll, like, you'll like this because you're a musician. So Google puts, if you start Googling song lyrics, they put a little block of lyrics right on yep. the search page. Yep, I've done that many times. Yeah, well, apparently there is a company um, who who does these lyrics, and and apparently they put some work into getting them right, and Google's stealing them, right? They, they don't have a contract with this company or anything, and they're just, they're, they're, they're like, we're getting, they said, we had a song that like had really difficult words, and we got the words directly from the artist, and then Google had exactly everything exactly the same. They go, we knew they were stealing them. So, so here's the, here's what they did. It's really clever. They they uh, m- put in a code by every time there's an apostrophe, they alternated 
the regular apostrophe with the other apostrophe, the little, the one that curls backwards or something. Okay. And uh, and they they coded in there, uh, in Morse code, caught you red-handed or something like that. Something some some little message, right? Using the apostrophes for for dashes and dots. What type of apostrophes are in there? Okay. And uh, anyway, so sure enough, Google posts their lyrics and they show that they are their lyrics because the message is in there, and there's no way that happened by accident. And uh, and and of course, Google immediately says. Well, it's not our fault because we contract with this vendor to give us lyrics and we don't know where they get them from. And so then they go to the vendor and the vendor says, well, we don't steal lyrics. We pay these people to, to write them up. And now I'm like, okay, somebody's getting paid. Here, here's a cushy job for you. They say, we're going to pay you to write up the lyrics to songs. And you say, okay. <laughs> and you go to a website and you copy and paste them, and you get and you say, "Oh, that took me two days." Yeah, um, had to research that and a lot of typing, you know, and you know. I I bet they don't. I bet it's not even like that. I bet they get paid by, uh, you know, like two cents per song or something like that. Uh, oh, I they used to do things called uh, what were they called? I want to say micro task, but that's not quite the same thing but you know how you well you're not on facebook but they'll put a, a video on and because people don't normally have the sound on their phone uh the videos are more watched and more paid attention to if they have a transcript of the words kind of like closed captioning on them oh right? yeah right so you can elect to take these jobs and i forget who actually pays you it might be amazon or somebody and you basically, you have to create an account and all that, but once you're set up, you just go online and they they feed you these video clips and they're about 10 seconds long. Right. And you transcribe to the best of your ability. What's being said, what, yeah. Exactly. And now, are you also the person who puts in parentheses, loud music plays, or person sneezes or whatever um depending on the instructions but yeah i think i did some of that but um you get paid like one cent or whatever i mean it was not lucrative at all you spend a lot of time like for me i'm a perfectionist right so i would play the 10 second clip like 400 times going what was that word in the middle you know where most people would just make it up and be wrong yeah i'm not that type of person so but how is it how is it you get to as a company say we didn't do it you know even though like you caught red handed basically providing this stolen property sure yeah uh you know you shouldn't I shouldn't have to go back and find out who you hired that didn't do the job you asked them to do um because that's that's bullshit i mean basically here you are providing content whether it be the company that's providing it to Google or Google, either one, like, hey, get your shit together because I have shown you that you're that you're using our intellectual property, and and these people are just like shrugging their shoulders, going, "Well, we're not doing it. It's not us." Well, the the craziest part of this thing to me is if that is that kind of piecemeal system, right? So let's say that they're Amazon or whoever it is, the third party is saying, "Hey, we're hiring online workers or whatever." You know, type down the the lyrics to this song, and send them, and you get like a penny per song, right? So if I get a penny per song, the faster you do it, 
more money you make. So I'm going to Google the lyrics, right? Right. Well, that's kind and of then, a circular argument, right? Exactly. I'm going to Google the lyrics. But they won't necessarily appear in, in that block. You'll just find them somewhere. Correct. Yeah. Google's going to list me. Here's, you know, Metro lyrics or AZ lyrics. It's actually whatever. the company that was actually that actually was making the lyrics was called Genius. It's the name of the company. Okay, so yeah. they're Genius Lyrics or whatever. Yeah. It's going to come up. I'm going to click on Genius Lyrics. I'm going to copy and paste them into my little thing. I'm going to submit them to the third-party company. And the third party's going to say, great, here's your penny. And they're going to forward them to Google so that the next person Googles the lyrics and they come up the same ones under Google instead of under the one that I had to find them on. Yeah, well, apparently it was Lyric Find that uh, was the company that Google had partnered with. And, That's insane. Uh, <laughs> and he said that it does not source its lyrics from Genius. We rely on on its own content team for the right, lyrics. Right, which is people like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I, I do it online for a penny. I still think that is like so bullshit. The guy should be like, instead of saying, we don't source our lyrics from Genius, he should be like, oh shit. Because the fact that Genius encoded this message in the lyrics and they matched, uh, they pulled, I mean, that's something that just doesn't happen by accident. I mean, you might accidentally get the exact word-for-word lyrics. Right. But you're not going to get exactly this coded message. It's like a watermark in the lyrics, right? It's it's actually ingenious. Yes, yes. Actually, when I saw the headline, <laughs> the headline was Genius Hid Morse Code in Song Lyrics. And I was like, Oh, some super smart guy hid, and then I realized, like, no, the company genius did this. Right. I mean, it was a super smart guy who did it, you know, but still. There are musical geniuses. Or genius I. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Genii. You know what we need on our podcast is we need an English language expert. Since I can never come up with the right word, and we never know how to, you know, to tense, we get very tense over tense. I think it's more fun just to make up your own way of doing it. Well, yeah, but if we had an English expert here, we could just rib the hell out of them. That would, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, yeah, we could just make fun of them. We could laugh at their glasses and their, and be like, "What did you go to school for again?" Like, so, if you're an English language expert and you'd like to be ridiculed on the podcast, especially if you've got like a us. PhD in you know English, you know English language or something, that's just insane. Yes. Who would do that? Um, I'm sorry. We want you on our podcast. We love you. As soon as you get here, we're going to ridicule you mercilessly. So I don't know if you remember Bodie Bo- McBoatface. No. But w- what happened with that was they had a ship. It was a polar explorer ship, a rather large boat that was going to go around the polar regions or something. Which, by the way, according to Flat Earthers, you actually would circle on the inside edge of it. But that's beside the point. And they wanted they put it on the internet for people to name it. And the name that people came up with, the, 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 yeah, the consensus that. name was Bodie McBoatface. And they didn't want to name it that. They named the ship something after some English uh, knight or English whatever. You know, so they didn't honor it after all They that? did not honor it. But they did, oh. as, but as, a, as a, uh, a consolation prize, they named this little yellow autonomous submarine... Um, this you know underwater exploring thing, uh, Bodie McBoatface, and uh, <laughs> recently a paper was published on the research that they got from Bodie McBoatface. So you might say Bodie McBoatface has resurfaced, 
and uh, <laughs> he's doing great science. Uh, yeah, he's he's discovered you know how the currents, temperatures, and you know mixing of the water deep down in the ocean and the Arctic. So I just want to say, Bodie McBoface is still out there. Um, he's still happening. And on a side note, since this is sort of the science segment, um, I want to mention. <laughs> We talk about flat earthers. We talk about you know weird conspiracy theories. We talk about all that stuff. And and I want to point out because because I read a lot of science and I get really frustrated because oftentimes the science stories I'm reading lead to a journal, you know, a, a published journal entry, you know, one of these peer-reviewed journals. Right. And they're all behind paywalls, right? I can't. I can get the abstract, you know, the in the conclusion, but I can't get the actual research. I can't see all the details. Right. Uh, unless I'm willing to pay for it. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, yesterday or the day before when I was reading some science stuff, I was like, well, no wonder the fake science gets such a, the upper hand because nobody charges it's you. Really- <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's free to read the bullshit. You can go Google and find all the bullshit you want, and you can find a lot of people to back it up. But if you want real science, if you want the actual facts, if you want how things work, you got to pay for it. Well, that makes perfect sense. I mean, groceries are the same way. If you want shit, if you want to eat gross, <laughs> disgusting, processed, not ever meant to be eaten food, it's cheap. Just go, you know, get it. It's easy. But if you want like high quality, like fresh or organic or all natural, whatever, prices are through the roof. Yeah, well, they're going to get higher. Shit is free. Generally speaking, or cheaper, yeah. But I, I still think it's funny, though. I mean, if you think about it, like someone who's looking for answers will find them, not necessarily the right ones, uh, freely available. But if they're looking for the truth, they have to pay for right. it. It's like, yeah, okay. And this is—I'm not the only one who criticizes scientists for putting everything behind a paywall. That's this has been kind of an ongoing criticism for the last couple of years since the misinformation campaigns have taken over. Especially due to like climate change issues and stuff, because there's so many things where some of you are like, hey, you know what? We need to get this climate science out there, and a lot of these studies are not available to the average Joe. I, again, unless you want to pay for them, which is most of us are probably not going to pay ten or twenty bucks to see a paper that we can barely even read because it's written by some guy with a PhD in a language that nobody even knew existed. Because I have trouble reading them, I do try. I parse them, and you know look stuff up and kind of pick them apart and get try to get the gist of it. Sometimes I just skip over entire paragraphs because I don't understand what they're saying, but I get enough of it that I get, you know, how it's supposed to be working. But this particular one was about a uh, an adhesive that someone came up with uh, based on some snail slime, and uh, it apparently can be turned off and on. So you can have a super strong bond and you can release it. So that's kind of cool. I thought, wow, that'd what? be fun. What? Yeah. How does that work? That's what I wanted to know, but I don't uh, but, know. <laughs> but, but we'll never know because we have to pay 20 bucks to find out. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just, I'm just like, no, I can't do this. I'm too cheap. Well, it's not just that I'm cheap, it's just that there's so many of these things. It would just start adding up. Like, I'd have a $500 a month budget for science. and then Right. What we need to get is a sponsorship from one of these you know, peer-reviewed journal places or whatever so that they let us behind the paywall for free and in exchange, we discuss their stuff on the podcast. Well, they probably don't want it discussed. 
that's the thing. They want to keep it all secret. It's for, it's for other scientists to read, not for, not for Joe Schmo. Uh, I'm glad you changed his last name to Schmo, though. He was Smith last time. Yeah, well, there's a, too many Joe Smiths. I'm probably offending half of our listenership. I don't know. We're at 84% of the full bandwidth. That's pretty good. Oh, on a related note, I went to the bookstore last night and was looking at books. Every single book that I want to buy is like $60. They still have bookstores? Yeah, yeah, and I like books too. I really do. I, I like I like all the bookstores went out of business. I like to sit back with a book. I've found that actually, even though you can probably spend your time Googling most of what's in a book, you can probably find most of it, like, you know, because someone has written about it, but you'll never get it, like, cohesively arranged in a nice, neat package where you've got chapter by chapter where it sort of, you know, takes you to the introduction, leads you in step by step, tells you what right. you need to know. And nicely collated. Yeah, nicely collated. It might be the same information. I might be able to, and, and in some cases, if something is not clear to me, like I'm reading the book and I get into a section he's talking about some particular topic and it doesn't do a good enough job of explaining it, I can go Google it because I know exactly what I'm looking for and I'll get more details or a different explanation that may make more sense to me. So the book is a guide, but but I love books. I can sit and read. Well, we talked about this before. You hate books, right? I can sit and read and... and I don't hate them. This is how I learn. I learn by reading. And so I, I can get away from my computer. I can you know go outside and sit in a lawn chair or whatever and read a book. And uh, and and like I already said, it's it's uh, you know organized in such a way that I actually have kind of a cohesive learning experience. So yeah. Um, anyway, well, I, I mean, was, I learn by reading too, but I'm usually reading it on a screen. You know. Yeah, like yeah. Well, Wikipedia I usually am. I usually am. Also, I don't have a ton of books, and I don't have you know so many things I have to look up. I just have to look up online. But it just. But especially you being a conservationist. You shouldn't like books. That's just killing trees for no good reason. Well, no, it's for a good reason. That's the point. And not only that, well, we have to encourage people to write books because if nobody writes books, then well, they can write them. They just deliver them electronically, so you don't kill the trees. That's what I'm saying. Well, they have to get printed because when the apocalypse comes, which is coming soon, by the way, things are are just heading in the wrong direction here. Um, you know, the paper's flammable, right? <laughs> well, I mean, what makes you think the apocalypse is going to be a, a big burning thing? Well, uh, that's the way it happens in my mind, man. It's like shit's on fire everywhere. No, but back to my original point. I don't know why it is. Well, maybe it's just because I'm interested in the most high-tech books. But but every book that I really want to buy is, and I'm not making this up. They're like sixty dollars. And then I look at you know the the let's say you know Pascal for Dummies book or something, and that's twenty bucks. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want Pascal for Dummies. I want this AI or data analysis book or something, some some super high-tech kind of thing that you know nobody even wants to read. Yeah, a lot of books are that expensive, though. Like, if if you go to, I mean, depends on where you go, I guess, but if you go to Barnes & Noble, there's a lot of damn $60 books. Yeah, well, they go by the sticker price, right? The, the manufacturer suggested retail price, right, whatever, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, so I was there last night, and I didn't get a book, and I'm sad because I really wanted to have a book, although I've been so busy lately, I don't even know if I'd have time to read it. I've just been swamped. That's why they make audiobooks. Wouldn't help. Wouldn't help. And when I don't, when I'm focused on something, I can't focus on, you know, something else. I can listen to like background noise. I can listen to the news, but I don't really listen to the news. Just right, little yeah, bits you of can't it get pay through. Pay attention to it because then you can't think. I'm the same way. 
anyway. That's the trouble with the audiobook, actually, for me. I mean, it, it's almost the same problem as a regular book, is I have to be doing nothing else. Like, the best time to listen to an audiobook would be driving in the car. But if I drove more, I would definitely be an audiobook yeah. guy. And the, yeah. and the local library has audiobooks, so you can go check them out, which is ideal, you know. Problem with the local libraries, they have almost no high tech stuff. They don't have anything current. Whatever they have is, you know, a decade old. It's just, you know, if you aren't looking for fiction or history or something religious, a lot of religious stuff. God. <laughs> I live, oh, oh, speaking of where I live, I was, uh, as I said, I live in the wrong place, but I just, I just remembered there was a news article in, the, in uh, I don't remember where it was, some Minneapolis newspaper that the guy was complaining that it seems like half the escalators are out of service. And he was saying that, like, like if an elevator goes out of service, it's usually fixed within a couple of hours. But an escalator, he's like, it takes, like, a month to get the thing fixed. And then people are, like, having to wait for elevators. I'm like, why don't you just... I thought an escalator that was out of service was essentially a stairway. A staircase, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, why is this an issue? The escalator stops moving, you just walk. You go up the steps. But maybe they blocked them off. Maybe they put... He didn't really say if they were, like, blocked off so you couldn't access them at all. But, um, but yeah, apparently yeah, there's... But, I mean, if you if you use it like a staircase, then what's the point of having a damn escalator? I mean... Well, right, but I... That's like saying, you know, this bicycle is perfectly fine with no tires because you could still push it. But he talks about, like, that people can't get where they're going. Like, they either have to wait in long lines, or they have to, like, find another way. And I'm like, well, you don't really have to find another way. You just walk up the escalator. Because I walk yeah, up but... escalators anyway. I always walk on them. I don't stand and just stare no, at them. you should never do that just on principle. Really? It, yeah. It's, it's your willingness to walk on them that makes it take a month for them to get fixed when they break. Because they'll say, hey, people could just walk on them. Well, yeah, that was. We don't need to fix them. Seems like I need to take a stand, Doug. No, I like walking on the escalator. No, take a stand. Walking is bad. You should stop walking immediately. How am I going to mow my yard? Uh, Yardba. Oh yes, of course. It's like a Roomba. Yeah, well, they actually make those. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I I thought I invented that being silly one day, and turned out they already exist. But they're not very good. From what I've read, the tech is very poor. Um, now, they do have electric lawnmowers, and they have some robotic lawnmowers that, that work okay as long as you have, like, the perfect yard. It'll get better, though. But And speaking of prototypical tech, I'm surprised you didn't bring this story. Uh, did you see the guy from Mythbusters? His oh, name that is made the Savage. Iron Man suit? Yes, he made an Iron Man suit, and it works. Did you watch it? I, I saw some of it, but I, I didn't. I just read the, I read the story, and I, I looked at a couple of pictures, and I watched a little bit of the video, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch it. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, it's very like you know. Oh, the video I watched ended. It ended because apparently the rest of the video you have to go to like the Discovery Channel to see it. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't see any more than like fifteen seconds, but oh, okay. But I mean, the but you could see it lift off, you know. But I mean, you know, it you could tell it's very prototypical. It's not. Well, it'll it, get better though, but that's it's pretty cool. It's made out of titanium, so it's not super heavy, but part of the thing that you need to have in this suit is basically the you need it to be like an exoskeleton. You need it to enhance your strength. 
Because otherwise, right. wearing a suit like that, now flying would help. Flying would help a lot because you wouldn't be carrying the suit around. It'd be carrying you around. Um, but still, when you have to do anything, if you had to like put up a fight or, or run or anything, you'd be seriously encumbered. <laughs> right. So they need to work on that part of it because the actual uh, Iron Man suit is like a super suit. You know, he's strong, he's fast, he's, you know. Naysayer, they're working on it. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I was excited. I saw that. I was like, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> God. It's science. They 3D printed titanium, which is super cool, but it just makes me jealous. That's all it does is makes me jealous. Like, why can't I 3D print titanium? Well, I... You can if you buy the titanium and have a 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say I could, I could tell you, I could give you like 10 million reasons why I can't, and they're all dollars. But yeah, it's it's an expensive proposition. These people that are well connected, you know, that work for these shows and stuff, they've got money. They've got you know grants. Well, all that advertising money. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah. We need to. We need to uh, hack into the Discovery Channel and siphon off their advertising money. No, I meant we need our own advertisers. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Because then we'd have all this advertising on our website and stuff. And then people would put in ad blockers. They'd never see it anyway. We wouldn't make any revenue. Yeah. And then uh, we'd have to pause for these words. Exactly. From our sponsors. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what you have to do because otherwise people will ignore it. You have to basically insert it into the show. Right. We'd have to be like... Uh, yeah, so I just uh, I just went to the grocery store today and got some uh, Frito Lay's, and they are they're really good, man. They've got a new flavor out, and uh, it's called Horanus, uh, uh, and uh, it's wow, it's amazing. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that's what we'd have to do, though. We'd have to squeeze it in, work it in. Wow, you really caught me off guard with that. But um, anyway, yeah, this has been the Life is Hard podcast, and I'm, I know you're about to say something important, so go ahead and say it before I... You know. I was going to say, I, I bet they taste like shit. <laughs> yeah, well, something, a certain flavor. Uh, by the way, people, I'm, we're not sponsored by Frito-Lay, and that was not... And really, we never will be. That was, that was not... I made all that up, so in case you were thinking... In case you were thinking that was real, no, no, it was not real. No, no, fake news. fake news. could be worse. Life is hard, but it 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 could be worse.